This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So, what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So, even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. This Christmas, feel joy, gift joy, and send them joy with the perfect gift at Arnott's. Explore an endless array of gifting that will bring joy to everyone on your list. Shop Irish at the Christmas market, support emerging new businesses with Pitch 22, or find something extra special from one of our world-class brands. Shop in-store and online at arnott's.ie. Michael Madison developed a hatred of women, and even though he had dated multiple women at a time, and even lived with one, his hatred took him to a dark place where he wanted to make them suffer. This is Monsters. Michael Madison was born in East Cleveland on October 15, 1977. His mother was Diane Madison, and his father was John Baldwin, but he denied being the father and was never part of his life. Diane had also been the child of a single mother who had eventually turned to drugs and prostitution, leaving Diane with a distorted view on parenting. She rarely let Michael play with other children, and they virtually never celebrated birthdays or holidays. He got used to a revolving door of his mother's transient boyfriends who often harshly disciplined him and his half-brother Grant. In 1980, when Michael was only two years old, his mother had stuffed food down his throat, causing him to vomit. When he vomited, she put him in a tub of scalding water. When he screamed, she took him out and beat him with an extension cord. This story, according to Grant, was eventually discovered by the Department of Child and Family Services. Later that year, DCFS was notified that Michael had a large bruise and an injury on his forehead. He was treated at a local hospital, but just three months later, one of Diane's boyfriends beat Michael so badly with a belt that he had to be hospitalized and suffered hearing loss in one ear. When reports from social workers revealed that Michael also had contusions, abrasions, and swelling on his penis, DCFS finally took the boy away. 
But in usual child services fashion, they took him from one bad situation and put him right into another by placing him in the care of his grandmother, the former prostitute slash heroin addict. It wasn't long before Diane had received counseling and DCFS returned Michael to her care. The problems didn't stop, though. Michael was later hospitalized with dehydration, and social workers reported seeing bruises and scratches on both Michael and Grant. This upbringing caused Michael to develop a hatred of women, and he lashed out at any type of female authority. As an adult, he told one girlfriend that he, quote, hated the female species, end quote. By 16, he had left his mother's house and was sleeping anywhere he could. At one point, he moved to Pennsylvania to live with his uncle, where the two would share sexual partners. At 17, he was charged for delinquency for inappropriately touching a classmate and received probation. At 20, he was sent to jail for drug charges. In October of 2001, Michael dragged an 18-year-old woman down the street in East Cleveland and behind a house where he attempted to rape her. Fortunately, officers quickly arrived on the scene and scared the man off, but he was later arrested. He pleaded guilty to attempted rape and was sentenced to four years in prison. Records show that Michael underwent treatment for sex offenders before being released from prison. After being released from prison, Michael settled back in the East Cleveland area. He registered his mother's address on the sex offender registry instead of his own, then began making a living selling drugs. Michael was dating a woman named Brittany Darby, who he convinced to move in with him in September of 2012. Right as Brittany was moving in, Michael told her that he wanted to have an open relationship and started seeing another woman named Shanta Mahone. While Brittany was living in the guest room, having a relationship with Michael, who was also seeing Shanta, he was also having interactions with other women. These ones were less willing, though. September of 2012 was also the last time anyone had heard from a 28-year-old woman named Shatisha Sheely. Shatisha was the mother of a 12-year-old daughter and was close with her mother and her brother. Shatisha had called her mother to let her know she was stopping by to borrow some money, but she never showed up. Her family grew concerned when they hadn't heard from her, but Shatisha didn't have a stable history, so they brushed it off. When Shatisha's brother, Dantel, was shot and killed during a home invasion in December, her family became even more worried when she didn't show up to the funeral. Shatisha's mother, Kometa Sheely, said she filed a missing persons report, but didn't get any help in locating the missing woman. 38-year-old Angela Deskins went missing on June 7, 2013. She listed herself on social media as self-employed in customer service, and she attended Cuyahoga County Community College. Angela's family also reported her missing. On July 10th, 18-year-old Sherelda Terry was seen leaving a Cleveland elementary school where she had a summer job, but then she disappeared. Sherelda's father, Van Terry, plastered the streets with missing posters, but nobody had seen the young woman. Back at Michael's apartment, Brittany had lived there for about 10 months, not knowing that the bodies of three young women had been kept in the area. She recalled a foul odor in the apartment in early July and asked Michael about it. He told her that two raccoons had died in the hall closet in the apartment, and when she went to open the door, he stopped her, saying, quote, You don't want to see that. It's gruesome. End quote. I have so many questions. How did the raccoons get inside the apartment, and why were they in the closet, and why were their dead bodies still there? How does anybody hear that explanation and go, Yeah, that seems reasonable? It turns out that the body of Sherelda was inside the closet, and he moved it after the close call. 
On July 19, 2013, neighbors called 911 to report a foul odor coming from a nearby garage. When police arrived, they broke into the garage and found a naked female body wrapped up in the fetal position inside several layers of garbage bags. After discovering the garage was rented in Michael Madison's name, they obtained a search warrant for his apartment where they found additional evidence of decomposition. Authorities tracked Michael to his mother's house where, after a two-hour standoff, he was taken into custody. The following day, the area around the garage was searched and two more bodies were found. One body was in a nearby field and another was found in the basement of an abandoned house. The other two bodies were also folded up and bound, then placed in several layers of garbage bags. Two of the women had been strangled to death, and the medical examiner said the third body was too decomposed to determine a cause of death. On Friday, East Cleveland police received a phone call about a foul smell near the intersection of Shaw and Hayden. Police and EMS responded and broke into a garage where we discovered the remains of a victim, number one. Within two hours, a suspect had been identified. A search warrant obtained and executed on Chickasaw Avenue in the city of Cleveland. The suspect was apprehended without injury and without further loss of life. Upon bringing the subject, the suspect into custody and further questioning by East Cleveland Police Detectives, FBI, BCI, and Cleveland Police, it was determined that it was necessary to do an additional canvas on Saturday, the next day. During that additional canvas, two additional victims were discovered. We knew that we had multiple killings within a confined area, perhaps tied to the same person on our hands. A further search was necessary on Sunday. We informed the community, involved the community, we had over 100 volunteers come out and go into vacant abandoned houses throughout the neighborhood. During Michael's interrogation, he mentioned the name Anthony Sowell, which led authorities to believe he may be a copycat killer. Anthony Sowell, who was also referred to as the Cleveland Strangler, was a resident of East Cleveland who had raped and killed at least 11 women between 2007 and 2009. In 1989, Anthony was arrested for kidnapping and attempted rape of a woman who was three months pregnant. He pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. After being released in 2005, neighbors would file reports to the health department that they smelled a foul odor coming from his house. In September of 2009, Anthony was at the home of a woman named Latundra Billups. After a few drinks, he became angry and started hitting and choking the woman. When she passed out, he raped her, but he left her alive, so she reported the attack to the police. Police arrived at his house on October 29th with an arrest warrant, but he wasn't home and was eventually arrested two days later. When his home was searched, they found the remains of 11 women buried in shallow graves in his basement, in the attic crawl spaces, and buried in his backyard. Anthony pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, but later changed his plea to not guilty. He was found guilty of 11 counts of murder and more than 70 counts of rape and sentenced to death. He died on February 8, 2021 of a terminal illness. Michael spent 12 hours talking to investigators, spending most of that time talking about his childhood and his mother. He eventually admitted to killing Sherelda and Satisha and said that he didn't remember where he had put the bodies. 
He described putting Sherelda's body in garbage bags and relocating her from the hall closet in his apartment after the smell had gotten too bad. He described the boom, boom, boom sound the garbage bag made as he dragged it down the stairs. That brings us to today, where shortly we will file charges of aggravated murder against Michael Madison, the suspect we have in custody. One count of aggravated murder and the death of Angela Deskins, who has been identified previously known as victim number two discovered by the East Cleveland Police, BCI, and FBI on Saturday. Angela Deskins was a resident of Cleveland. Angela Deskins was believed to be 38 years old. Two more accounts of aggravated murder will be filed against Mr. Madison and the death of victims number one and number three, who have not yet been identified. Michael had his charges upgraded to two counts each of aggravated murder for each victim, three counts of kidnapping, three counts of gross abuse to a corpse, one count of rape, and one count of weapons possession by an ex-convict. His trial began on April 4, 2016, and his defense tried to present some sort of insanity defense using his violent childhood as a catalyst, but it didn't work. It didn't take the jury long to find Michael guilty on all 14 counts. On May 20, 2016, the jury recommended the death penalty. During the sentencing phase, while Sherelda's father, Van, was giving his impact statement, Michael was smiling, which set off the grieving father. I go on when I was back here. Wow, that's a really terrible. Right now, I guess we're supposed to, in our hearts, forgive this clown. We just touched our families, taking my child. <laughs> It's understandable. I don't understand how people could be in the same room as someone who's murdered their loved ones, especially children, without wanting to attack them. Michael shows his lack of remorse by smirking the entire time Van is trying to attack him. The court officers pull Van away and remove him from the court, but he isn't charged with any offense. The bottom line is that Michael destroyed so many lives by killing three young women, at least that we know of. I don't know why this person did what they did to my daughter, um, but I just want everybody just to pray for me because this is really, really hard on me right now. This poor woman had her daughter disappear, her son was killed, and then she found out her missing daughter was murdered. My son just was murdered seven months ago, exactly on the 22nd. It is really hard. It's taking a toll out of me. I don't know what else to say, but thank you all for whoever is praying for me. Oh. On June 2nd, 2016, Michael Madison was sentenced to death. Upon consideration of the relevant evidence, the testimony exhibits admitted in mitigation, it is the judgment of this court that the aggravated circumstances of course of conduct, felony murder, kidnapping, felony murder, rape, <clears throat> of which the defendant was convicted, outweigh the mitigating factors by proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Accordingly, the sentence of death is imposed upon the defendant, Michael Madison, on counts 1, 4, and 7. 
Michael appealed the sentence, but the Ohio Supreme Court unanimously voted to uphold the death sentence on July 21, 2020. If this isn't a case that has absolutely no chance of winning an appeal, I don't know what is. On June 22, 2019, Michael's mother, Diane, was stabbed to death by an intruder. 18-year-old Jalen Plummer entered the home where Diane and three children were sleeping and stabbed all four of them. Two of the children were able to run to a neighbor's house and call for help. The third child was found hiding in the home, and all three were taken to the hospital, where they survived their wounds. Diane was pronounced dead at the scene. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please talk to your local battered women's shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught looking for help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and will talk to you about any mental health issue you might be facing. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe or follow the show to ensure you don't miss an episode, and you can leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you use. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that by checking out our merchandise at Teespring. You can also discuss the channel and the episodes on our subreddit, r forward slash thisismonsters. You can find more ways to support our show and how to find us on social media by visiting thisismonsters.com. Thanks again, and be safe. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Life's full of things we can't depend on. Like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on. Like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, Delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CertaIreland.ie. This Christmas, feel joy, gift joy and send them joy with the perfect gift at Arnott's. Explore an endless array of gifting that will bring joy to everyone on your list. Shop Irish at the Christmas market, support emerging new businesses with Pitch 22 or find something extra special from one of our world-class brands. Shop in-store and online at arnott's.ie. 
Thaga erid siansig pwrsti am fluo oil agus a thaig din i fasta. Rod a jethag a vea in a chuskinis cwm cwsig. Thagag pwrsti id a gaflin agus siachmlin a deag dís in an am vaxin flu shrona oil sair an ashka. Is balag sa valja agus eifachtoch a thaan soc an id a cwsins cwm maedlis an cwid el a din taelach. Jain cwyna le da ghoctor gynaralta no le da fotagair. Tela ola sair fael ag hsc.ie tol slash flu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.